You're tuned in to East Tennessee's premier sports radio call-in show. This is The Drive. And hello, good afternoon, and welcome to another stellar edition of The Drive here on Fan Run Radio. Russell Smith punching the time clock at 3.01 on a gorgeous Monday afternoon here in East Tennessee. And I'll be quite honest, ladies and gentlemen, I am a little bit hungover after we went hard after the keg of glory Saturday night. And gosh darn it, we needed it, ladies and gentlemen, after last week. 100%. Wash that bitter taste out of our mouth from Tuesday. Who did it, we even play last week? It doesn't matter. Told you. Think. You go to South Rupp. Dakota or something. You go to Rupp, boys. You beat them up there. Everything's good. Bear, Houston Crash, Tucker Harlan are all here. Bear and I have digested this. We spent a two-plus hours breaking it down on Voluntary Reaction Saturday night. I, I really want to hear Houston and, and Tucker's thoughts on the game. But, yeah, I mean, last week was it was a wild week. You know, you had the, the basketball loss, then just all the drama surrounding the NCAA, and we'll, we'll get into that again this afternoon. But um, that win, Saturday night in Rupp, we've had eight of them now. We've only won there eight times. Uh, Rick Barnes has four of them. Everybody else. That's has four. insane. He has, he has half our wins in Rupp in nine seasons. Gotta get him out of here. <laughs> I'm tired of looking at him, Russell. Well, I'm tired of looking well, at him. There there are a couple of people in the audience who need to eat crow, and I I have faith that they will that they will pick up the phone, call in, <laughs> and Joe. issue a mea culpa this afternoon. Joe's a coward. Oh, he won't oh, call. That's in. how he you never... want to swallow. Yeah, I'm choosing violence. That's how you want to start this week. Yeah. Calling out a caller, a listener of ours? Yeah. You got, if you can't be honest with your buddies, Tucker, who can you Bear, be honest? He has a very strict work schedule where clearly he's only off the day after a loss. He's unnecessarily <laughs> miserable. That's what he is. Oh, Rose man. petals. <laughs> well, listen, Damn, I better be throwing listen, him at his feet after Saturday. Listen, I, I understand that for some of our fan base, Tennessee basketball in the Rick Barnes era will be defined by what happens in the NCAA tournament. And the the real last like what happened Saturday night doesn't change that. And I, I'm sympathetic to that because for the past nine years we we've been in that situation where we talk ourselves into it and we get into March and it ends the same way and we're like, oh man, how did I get fooled again? So I, I understand there will be some people that are just waiting for the other shoe to drop in March, and no amount of regular season success can change their mind. And I, I, I understand it. To me, there, there, there's just that would make it a really miserable way to to go through the season, though. And so uh, we're going to enjoy the regular season. We cross the bridge of postseason basketball when we come to it. But yeah, uh, Saturday night was that. That's the good times. That's why you're a Tennessee basketball fan. That was an all-timer. Houston, uh, your thoughts on Rick Barnes and the basketball Vols becoming the first team to score 100 in Rupp in, in 30 years or whatever it's been and just absolutely walking in there, kicking the door open, walking up in their kitchen, making a sandwich, 
throwing the cheese wrapper on the floor, turn around, walk right back out the door, and tell Gallipari, hey, appreciate the sandwich. Left a little something for you on the floor. Be a, be a good boy. Go pick that up for us. I was a little surprised to hear after the game you had uh, Jimmy Dykes, a lot, a lot of people who were there saying that was one of the most frothy atmospheres at Rupp pregame. And, I mean, these people are saying years. I don't know that it really translated uh, onto TV. Now, and I give the Vols a lot of credit for that. You come out, you go up 8 nothing. Uh, Vescovy hits the three, I think, to make it 13-3 to or 13-2. to So, I don't know how many keys. I think we had more than five. But one of them, start fast, right? Tucker said, start fast. Uh, you definitely did that. The other weird thing about this game to me, it was actually relatively clean. Tennessee, seven turnovers. Kentucky, nine. Mm. This was a pretty high-level offensive basketball game. When you look at the amount of shots taken – and the percentages, Tennessee shoots 48.6%, Kentucky 49.3% from the field, Kentucky 44.4% from three, Tennessee 40. Uh, we got them a little bit on the free throws, right? 19 of 26 for Tennessee, 73%, 12 of 19, 63% for Kentucky. This was, if you're an offensive fan, this game had it all. It had pull-up mid-range jumpers. It had deep threes. It had great ball movement. Um, and I was a little bit worried if Tennessee got in a game like that because of what we saw against South Carolina. You're struggling to hit shots one through five. Um, you're, you're especially struggling from the three-point line. We started off so hot there. But we didn't need Dalton Connect to go for 30 because finally you had Josiah back into that early season form. and In fact, maybe the best form he's ever been in. That's he a drops, career high. Yeah, he drops 26. I think Zakai's career high is 28, so he's only two points short of that. And Connect quietly gets the quietest 16 points, maybe, in Tennessee basketball history. Well, he only had 12 until we started the parade sure, to the free sure. throw line. Um, and I was a little surprised Cal went with that as long as he did. It was almost like Cal wanted us to get 100. Um but what a great performance. Defense was good enough. And honestly, if they don't have um, the Dillingham kid, this is a it's a walk away. I mean, Tennessee wins this game by 25-plus. But that guy was absolutely elite for Kentucky on Saturday night. And you worry about that in this kind of game when a, a player off the bench starts going off. And we've had this happen with Tennessee where a main guy scoring and then some – I don't want to say unknown because Dillingham's obviously very good. Another yeah, guy comes in pick. and starts pacing that guy. But we let Dillingham do whatever he wanted, and you still you, – you never trailed in this game. I think they cut it to one with 13 minutes. Yeah, they did earlier in the second half. Yeah, but. and then you just you, you just kept – you kept punching them. You kept mm -hmm. punching them. Had an answer. Them. Every, yeah, every time were, they made every a little time. mini run, and yeah. you thought, oh, man, it's about to – When Reeves hit that long three off the Dillingham – he went middle of the paint and then, like, hammer passed it. I thought, oh, that might be the one to get them going. We no. come back down and got two straight buckets. This team did not at all blink under the pressure of Rupp, of those fans, of the moment. And I think that is a very good sign. Yep. I don't think we're a finished product yet. Nope. But to do that in that environment against this opponent, mm. I think that says, hey, when this team wants it, they can go out and get it. That was a – that was a perfect matchup for us. We ate them alive, and I think we won the game in the paint. If you check that, that 
That stat. Oh, every time there was a slight opening in the paint, Zakai Ziegler had a free layup. Oh, I, I think Kentucky only had like four points in the paint, something yeah, like I that. I mean, I can't remember. I, uh, Tennessee in the paint, 42, Kentucky 30. They hit a lot of mid-range shots to keep them in this game. Hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it was the big men. Their, their big men only had four points, I, yeah. I think. I mean, it they, was, they didn't have I – mean, which yeah, they, is perfect for us. When we have trouble, you know, we've, we've talked about it all year. So, we go up against a team with uh, the really good big man. Well, it was a double-double for Adu. And, like, I, would, I, I don't expect – I know he had some 20-point games. I, I was never expecting him to be, like, an 18 and 10 guy. But, like, if, if we're getting 12 points a night out of Jonas Adu, whew. And ten, if, that's, if we can that's get gold right twelve there. And, and close to a, a double on the rebounds, we're going to be really hard to beat, man. All five starters in double figures. Remember we went on that run with Jarnell back in the day, and he had that run of double doubles, and we were just so hard to beat just because he dominated. Yeah, no, it, it, it's a it's a great sign that you know Tennessee can win when when a, a team like Kentucky decides. We're not gonna let Connect beat us. It's kind of like uh, it was so clear that that was yeah. Their game plan. We're we're gonna we're gonna bump him off the screens. We're gonna th- run two guys at him. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do that. Well, somebody else is gonna have to, and like that's probably if if I were Cal and I had been watching our film of the past two weeks, like that's that that's what that's, you would that's, that's what you do. Yeah, yeah I mean 100%. that's what any any coach would do. Like okay, like Josiah Jordan James ain't gonna beat me. Like I I I have trust that we can sag off of him and help on Connect. And Triple J stepped up. Now, will it continue? Consistency's been an issue with these guys. We, we, we have seen Triple J flash. I mean, we've been watching this guy for five years. And, and he's had games like this, and then he disappears. And we'll see what happens. But like he was we, know, we know they can do it now. We know that this team is capable of hitting on all cylinders, and it looks really good. Kentucky's not a very good defensive team to begin with. I, I said it on Friday. I told you guys they are. They the worst one of the being, There's not being good defensively. Then they don't want to play then there's it. Kentucky. They, they don't want to play it. They don't play it. No. They don't cover inbounds. <laughs> Justin Ganey went for one pick, <clears throat> and and took picked off two two guys. Uh, their space. Uh, their defensively, their spacing was bad. Had no ball awareness, no court, you know, no court awareness is what I noticed. No. If you yeah. screen them, they are locked there; they're dead. Bro, it's what happens in this modern age of college basketball, where there's so much parity and everybody has players and everything. Like a team like Tennessee that has two fifth-year senior starters, uh, Adu in his third year, Ziegler in his third year, connected. You know, is a senior, but he's played forever no, at, five at other schools. Yeah. You have so many experienced players playing against a team that's just sort of cobbled together. Shepard and Dillingham are one and done guys that have they're just stopping by for a year. They're gonna be gone. Um the the other guy like their bigs are all transfers yeah, that I mean, nobody's they're, heard they're, of. They're a glorified all star AAU team. And look and look, I'm I'm not hey we by by all means like hang on the rim. Kentucky fans are back in the uh, yesterday was a somber day in the coal mines. Absolutely. But I also said, like, they had two NBA guys on the bench. One of them was sick. Like, Big Z was sick. Like, so that, that's yeah, kind of weird. He didn't play ankles. much the last game either. Wagner's hurt. But Wa- Wagner, he might be the one that makes them go. So those guys potentially come back. That That's an NCAA tournament team. Sure. It's a team that we will have to play the last regular season game of the year at Thompson Bowling. Um, 
that will be difficult. We probably we, we probably have to play him in the tournament. You know, like we could play him three or four times this year. So like, just keep that in mind. Yeah. And Cal and this has been Cal's deal. Like his teams, even when he was the one and done Cal of you know the John Wall Cousins era, all that stuff. Those teams always started slow and then peaked at the end and were pretty good. So that could happen again. And like we'll we'll see. Let's let's. <laughs> I mean, the other Kentucky fans are are so funny, man. Like you know, want to fire their coach. They're a top ten basketball team loaded with NBA draft picks, and they they're they're over it. You know, it's a uh, and a little bit of the Alabama football mentality up there. And again, I'm here for it. Have no sympathy for them, but they're doing it differently than we're doing it. And I like the way we're doing it. I think it's a better way to do it. Yeah, it's kind of the way they they used to do it. Um, I think the other thing to keep in mind is uh, we play defense about it is it at a as high a level as anybody else in the country. And I mean, I realize we won won by what eleven, but they still hung ninety two on us. And it Dillingham, did, that kid's good. Yeah, well, yeah, he no, was the I mean, difference, I man. He had that, some tough we shots. Had, we you know we had no answers for him. No, we didn't. And, and to his credit, like a lot of those shots were tough. They were deep. They were quick they were, they were off connect. a rebound or he, a pass. He reminded me a lot of Connect, except I think he plays defense better than Connect. Because that's who shut Connect down, if I'm not mistaken. That's who they had on Connect most of the time, wasn't it? Dillingham? Um, I, I didn't even notice, right? I, didn't I mean, they, they were just throwing. I mean, it, it seemed like he had two guys. Yeah, I felt like they were just rotating like, a lot. Main defender and then closest defender to at least hedge halfway, and then as soon as he moved, just and they double. they got they got into his. I mean, as soon as they harassed him all night, didn't give him any room, and that was the thing with him. Uh, um, they said it on the broadcast. One of our guy, I can't remember which one of our guys it was, but um, they took a step back away from Dillingham, and then he just ripped it. Well, and credit connect with being okay being the decoy sure for for much of the night and and taking two guys with them and and creating shots for other guys and it'll be really interesting to see how LSU approaches us Wednesday night at the arena do do they watch that tape and be like well we can't do that we're gonna play more uh, straight up maybe maybe it's a Jordan rules thing where it's like hey we let connect get his but we can't let Triple J and Ziegler and these guys beat us so that's kind of what we did with Kentucky, Dillingham. You and know, if, he was going to get his, but well, and if that happens, then I, you know I say we just revert and and let <laughs> let feed the beast, go. yeah, absolutely feed it to him, man. And I think Triple J and Vescovy and Ziegler, our veterans, are mature enough to be okay with that. I, I don't think Triple J wants. He knows he can't score twenty six every night. I don't think he wants to score twenty six every night. If he scores four Wednesday night and connect scores 35 then that's fine as long as we still win i will say if i if i'm the the defending team the first thing i want to do is stop connect and see if those other guys are going and then maybe i adjust but this creates a really big problem for opponents because kentucky's game plan was very clear early we're going to run people at connect we're going to make him uncomfortable and we're going to force everybody else to try and beat us and Tennessee was able to do that with Josiah and with Ziegler. 
if that can continue, and I don't think it has to continue at the pace of 26 points a night by each of those guys, mm. but if you can get that help, and that was one of the things I said Friday, we have to get Connect some help. He got plenty of it Saturday night. If I'm an opposing team, that's the first thing I'm trying to do is see if everybody else is going to play, and then if they are, then I might lean towards let's let Connect get his, but this is it's a very good problem if you're Tennessee because now you have you have at least a hand to play depending on what the defense does. Now, on a given night, will it work? I don't know, but you've got two ways to approach the defensive game plan from the opponent. Winning games, different kinds of games, in different kinds of ways. Can't be a one-trick pony. When we continue, Rick Butler of Rocky Top Insider joins the festivities. Mr. Fabulous, back for... Another round, maybe his last round in the old White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios. Uh, lots of things going on. I, I received a report earlier today. What was it, Houston? There's um, painting and stuff being done today, and the furniture goes in tomorrow, I believe. Furniture Wednesday, I believe. Furniture Wednesday. Yeah. And then some electrical testing later in the week. So. Room done tomorrow, Furniture Wednesday. Camera and graphics test Thursday and Friday. Ooh, Big things happening. The new White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios quickly coming into reality. Very exciting times here at Fan Run. Quick time out. The Drive continues. Rick Butler coming up next right here on Fan Run Radio. The Drive. Ah, this is... Fan Run Radio. The Drive continues. 105.7 FM, 1340 AM, streaming live this afternoon at FanRunRadio.com and your all-new free Fan Run app. New, 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 new website, new app, new studios. It is a time of rejuvenation here at Fan Run. Rick Butler of RockyTopInsider.com joins us on the phone this afternoon. Mr. Fabulous, how are you? Hey, Russell, I'm doing good. Hope you guys are doing well as well. Hey, real quick, just what you're talking about right there with all the change in the air and the new things on the way, can we bury the hatchet on the Reese's Bar story from many, many years ago? Can we just come to a conclusion that... You screwed up? You failed, man, Russell? No. Why would you start your appearance with this? I don't even know what we're talking about. Back when he was still on the show and we sent him... Is that you? We sent you to get the Reese's bars? Yeah, and he completely failed. Well, it was what you. It was the squares, right? We wanted to try the yeah. squares, and you went and got them. They were out. No, no, no. They were out of stock. Ah. They just didn't have any there. There's like two gas stations well, what right do you next wanna, door to what, what I mean, what do you want to put to bed? It's just been very contentious. I would just for, like for you guys to believe my, my side of the story that I've clung to for these several years. That they were out, and that's the reason yeah. you didn't have them? What, Pretty what, much. What you failed to understand was that has no bearing on the fact that you still – it doesn't matter that they were out of stock. You failed. You sh- We wanted those candy bars. You didn't deliver. I think this this scenario, Rick, shines a, a bright light on one of the central issues on, on the drive, the history. Like You bring this up. It's obviously been on your mind. Bear has obviously not forgot. Will never change his mind. I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. It happened like three or four years ago. So it's just, 
Um, uh, Bear, all the, Bear's ability the to hold a grudge. Counter. Yeah, Bear's ability to hold a grudge. Your ability not to let go of the past, and my ability not to remember anything that happened two days ago. I mean, it's just says a lot. With all the uh, with all the court and legal conversations going on in Knoxville the the past week or so, at some point you sh- you should hold court on your show to to maybe settle some of the issues that that have been brought up at, at Fan Run <laughs> Studios before the. Uh, before the new wave comes, who's the judge? It's a good question. I don't know. Maybe you'd have to bring in a third party, but I don't know. Just an idea. I'll do it. You can uh, ponder about. Can I hold you in contempt? The judge? No. I'm out of order. You're out of order. <laughs> this old court is out of order. Rick, I thought you would want to. I thought you were going to come on with a pithy comment about the end of the. White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios as we know them. Somewhere you've spent a lot of time in your formative years. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, that place, uh, it, it's gone through changes. I, I think even when I first arrived there, it was it was only half of what it is now today, right? It, it still had sort of an office right there in the back room where in my first couple of weeks on the drive, I remember Russell, you know, sending me out into that, that other room where I'd have to sit by that computer behind the big glass wall and be recording the whole show so you know we could get over to the podcast platforms then it changed into the bigger fan run studios and we got a little bit more space and got to put that table in and, and started the video production so uh, it, it's had a really good life um but all good things must come to an end and, and get even better on the other side the this show come must a, grow this may come as a shock to you rick i'm not handling the uh impending move well you know i heard that but uh, as as I've as, as I've told other people, it's very deserving. You know, you you guys have been a staple of Knoxville Radio for so many years now, and you know, fan run radio, but especially the drive, it, it's deserving to uh, to get a little bit of an upgrade. You know, you, you you love your truck for a while, but sometimes you want to get that new model that comes out on the showroom floor. Yeah, it's just you know, remember I, you were on the show and Russ told me he said that uh, I'm the guy that could get promoted to the board of directors. And would be pissed that they don't let me sweep the bathroom in or mop the bathroom anymore. <laughs> that Something is true. That, that is true. The show must grow. The show must grow, boys. Uh, Rick, do you have any favorite memories of this place that we've called our home since 2017? The old White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios. I mean, I, a lot of crazy things have happened here. Some of them well documented. Some of them we have been told not to bring up at the. Uh, you know, the statute of limitations has not expired. Mm. Do you have anything mm. that stands out in your mind as a, a good time, bad time, funny time that happened in these four walls? Yeah, well, I think there's a couple. The one, the first one that comes to my head is just doing pandemic radio, right? We were some of the only people who are driving the streets in March of 2020 coming into the studio most days. I know not everybody did, but that was just such a unique time of radio where you didn't really know what to do. Nobody knew what to do. There weren't even people out in public to, to be listening in the cars, but you still had to put on entertainment. That's one of my memories. Uh, a, a lot of what we did with the Blitz, of course, with Brandon Orrick and Chance Collins, uh, Weston Brown, Charlie Collier, everybody else who was part of it. You know, we, we had some really good times there. Uh, we did a lot of Jeopardy, which was one of my favorite creations. But then I think maybe the last one that sticks in my head, and, and I don't know if either of you were part of it. I think you were. Uh, but I remember Tennessee played Auburn in football. Maybe it was even that 2020 season or something around that. Uh, and we crammed like 12 of us into the studio. 
we have a picture that somebody took that looks exactly like the U.S. White House Situation <laughs> Room picture, the black and white one, and, and you can almost put them side by side, and, and they look identical. As, Where as is we that looked picture? On as, is that the Jonathan I, Kongbo game where he went off? <laughs> no, he's talking I don't know about. If it was, I, I th- you're talking about the 2020 COVID game, right? Where Garantano exactly, threw the pick yeah. six. Yeah. Smoke. Yes, he did. Uh, yes. I guarantee you, Monday. I can I can find it and I'll send it to you later. But but that one does strike me as one of the. I don't know why it was just you know you had twelve smelly dudes all, all crammed in one small studio to watch this this pandemic era football game, and that kind of summed up. You know, it, you got to be friends to work in a radio station, and then we certainly were all good friends, so uh, we made the most out of it. But but it's that picture that really makes it memorable. Watched a lot of games in here, a lot of Tennessee games. Um, for some reason, one that stands out to me is Houston. You were here. We were watching the – it was the game at Kentucky a couple of years yeah, ago where yeah. Batuli made the tackle on the on the goal line and uh, and basketball games. Rick, I mean, this, this is another great basketball season that is brewing yeah. for Rick Barnes and the boys. New polls came out. You know, when Tennessee lost to South Carolina last week, you know, I, I think we're all assuming a drop in the polls because we were all assuming that you're probably going to lose at Kentucky because you usually lose at Kentucky, right? And mm-hmm. um, that doesn't happen. Tennessee remains at sixth in both of the polls. And Saturday felt like, you know, was it a turning point? Is this the beginning of things to come as far as playing a more team-oriented style of basketball, everybody being involved? Or was that just a one-off against a Kentucky team that, A, can't defend, and B, is kind of entering crisis mode with their their coach now and the fan base starting to turn on him? Yeah, so a couple of things there. I, I think going back to what you were talking about with the, with the AP poll, Tennessee drops back two spots. They also, the AP voters love South Carolina. South Carolina was able to have an undefeated week, two wins on the road. They, uh, they go from unranked to number 15 in the country, uh, just, you know, what, nine spots behind Tennessee. So uh, the AP voters certainly love what South Carolina is able to do under Lamont Paris. Uh, but I think you're right. That was one of my big away, biggest takeaways coming out of the game is Rick Barnes saying, you know, to the team especially, look, guys, we've really been relying on Dalton Connect a lot over the past couple games. And, yes, he's putting together some historic numbers, numbers that haven't happened in 10, 20, 30, 40 years or whatever it is. But we also recognize that we have way more talent on this roster than to just sort of play the feed Dalton Connect game. I think one of the things that that I found interesting was a couple weeks ago it, we were watching practice and – you know, somebody said after a broken play or something like that, someone said, hey, good shot or something like that. And in that moment, Rick Barnes said, hey, it wasn't a good shot. You know, I'm all for encouraging our, you know, your teammates, but call each other out. Don't be afraid to call each other out. That's something he really reiterated after the press conference, uh, in the press conference after that Kentucky game, just the ability to call each other out, call out each other's teammates and say, look, hey, you can be more aggressive here, or hey, you don't have to pass up that shot. I think Rick Barnes certainly challenged this team to be more aggressive just from a team perspective, and the team responded with five players in double-digit scoring figures against Kentucky. Now, I do think that they took advantage over a Kentucky team that uh, is sliding. They just suffered back-to-back losses at home, and certainly a a horrid defensive team. I I don't think I've seen Tennessee go against that bad a perimeter defense throughout the entire season, but they also took advantage when they needed to, right? Not, Not every 
uh, not every average team can can take advantage of an of an opportune situation. Tennessee was able to to the tune of 103 points. So I, I think that Tennessee's team heard that challenge from the head coach over the last couple of weeks, and it sort of came to fruition on Saturday against the Cats. Nature Boy Rick Butler with us, RockyTopInsider.com. Guys, did this Bradshaw guy, Aaron Bradshaw, did he kiss Toby Awaka? Yep, sure looks <laughs> like it. It, it. it definitely did. Looked like it, but was it a kiss? I mean, sometimes you get face-to-face with somebody, you're exchanging words, and like I can see how you know lips make contact, but it's not a kiss, but do you think he kissed him? I don't know if he meant to kiss him, Rick. It may have been close to him really snapping and, like, biting him. Well, That if, would have been a wild move, wouldn't there, it? I'll say this. If there was contact, I don't know. You never know what the camera angles could be doing or anything like that. But if they make contact, it's such a tougher position than, you know, I'm thinking of a UFC press conference, right? A UFC pre-show fight and, you know, the guys are doing a weigh-in and they go face-to-face. Stare They're down. standing perfectly still. They're staring each other down. And then maybe they get up in each other's face. These guys, you know, there's there's eight, ten guys brawling, you know, pushing and shoving on the court. To an extent, these guys are flying at each other. You know, you, you never really know how close somebody's going to be when you turn around. Uh, but I don't know. You know, obviously those those pictures are going around, but I don't know if that's just camera angle or what. I didn't see anything live in person. Houston, kiss or no kiss? That was a smooch. Oh, you're going smooch, <laughs> huh? What do you say, boss? I looked like a kiss. I I didn't see it in real time, but I've seen the video that y'all have seen. Or I mean, I'm gonna say like, not not a kiss. There was contact. I think that was closer to being a uh, a biting situation. Tucker, kiss. <laughs> it's uh three three kisses, one no kiss, and and Rick, you're a I don't know. I'm going with bear. I'm going with bear. I I don't think it happened. Um. But it, it, the, 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 the proof is, is hard to make an argument against. Well, I I'm mean, it's, no. it was just in slow motion. You, you can't. I think it's a lot more likely that Bradshaw was getting that close and it, he was a lot closer to biting his face as mad ba- as they were. It's a bang-bang play. That's what you're rather saying. Rather than, than, than giving a walk. At kid. I don't know. I mean, maybe he just – he may be one of those dudes that really wanted to see if he'd get a walk and go wild. Looking and at just the film a, now. And- I just don't think so. And – it just is somebody. I don't want to go out on a limb here. Probably the only person in the room stupid enough to gotten in uh, scrapes growing up. Um, you ever kiss anybody? No, nah, but I, I bit the hell out of some people. I need to go look at the film. So Waka's got his mouth open, and it looks like Bradshaw essentially just sticks his lips in there. Mm-hmm. That yeah. that would be a that, that would be kind of a low key kind of like the Kentucky kiss. <laughs> like just somebody that's just completely crazy. I'm just gonna lay one on this guy. See what he does then. Uh, the coal miners. I'll tell you kiss. what, man. I I might still be more interested to know just. I mean, what what Bradshaw said to to get a walk his attention to that degree. It was a uh, you know he, he, he pushed him in the back. He pushed him in the back. There's the Dillingham softest, punched him in the face. Softest. I mean, he he is lucky. I love the picture of Doug Shouse like under his armpit. <laughs> pushing him away, basically saving Bradshaw from what would have been a humiliating ass-kicking on national television. That's Tobey Awok. He's got legs the size of tree trunks right there. That's a man-child. The Bronx brawler. 
Well, we'll be uh, we'll be talking to Tobey Awak in a press conference a little bit later on in the week. So uh, ask him if he got kissed. Just see if he reveals any more. Do it. Ask him if he got kissed. Uh, that's the that's the J journalism. You got you got one in the room. We'll, we'll see if he see if he's up to the task. Tucker, you're gonna you're gonna ask the question. Did he kiss you? It's be a big did moment for you, Tucker. Now, did Get you your get, name out there. You guys did see where Ziegler said he was egging on. Who I really want to know what what they said. Uh, I've been able to. I've gone back and watched it like the Zaprooter. I've picked out about three key words. I would like to to have a recording of what uh, Ganey said. Yeah, because Ganey got a technical foul too, and it was um, it was for what he said. Yes, yeah, I, I thought so as well. And, and obviously at Kentucky, we were way up there in the rafters. But um, yeah, I, I was I was surprised that Ganey got one, and then you were like, "Well, it, it must have been." Must have been from running the mouth in that situation, which, hey, you know, players standing up for each other. Sometimes you like it. Rick Barnes gave Tobey a big high five in the huddle after that. That's insane. Mike on Twitter says, with a move like that, is Bradshaw considering a midseason transfer to Arkansas? <laughs> I mean, it's like Cody said the other night, you want to be careful uh, You want to be careful down there if you're Bradshaw. They're bottom feeders. Yeah. You don't – you don't – you don't what, – what else do you say you uh, – Rick Butler, RockyTopInsider.com, yeah. our guest here this afternoon on the program. Rick, do you like the new Pro Bowl format where it's a flag football game between the two conferences? Uh, yeah, I loved it watching it yesterday. I, I will say I didn't grow up with what I felt like was any good Pro Bowl games. You know, I, I didn't really – never really given a lot of care to the Pro Bowl, but but I certainly wasn't around for, you know, any sort of great clash back in maybe the early 2000s or whenever it was – by the time that I started watching, it was a lot of players saying, well, we certainly don't want to get hurt. It looks a lot like what the NBA All-Star game is. I love the new format. I think it's a lot of fun to watch. I think it's really easy to watch. I think you get a way better look at some of these players' personalities. You know, there, there's there's tons of players at the Pro Bowl. You might see them on the side of the road, and and unless they, you know, besides the fact that they're six foot seven and 300 pounds, you would never know who they are, right? And it's because they're wearing a helmet so much of the time. So I think getting that off and, and just allowing the guys to, to be a little bit more free, I, I actually thoroughly enjoyed kind of watching in the background. I won't say I was tuned in, but I had it on in the background. And when I tuned in, uh, you know, when I looked over, I, I had a good time watching. Yeah, it was it was kind of fun. I, I watched it the same way, Rick. And um, just for the – like when Tyreek uh, – is it was either Jamar Chase or Tyreek Hill, somebody caught a touchdown – and they were they were going in at the ten. They were bumping their gums at whoever was supposed to be covering them. It was a lot more fun like that. It was, I mean, they were yeah. They, and they and you, a lot you could of talk. hear the you could hear the trash talk through the TV microphones, which I didn't know if it was intentional or not from ESPN. But either way, I appreciated it because ultimately, that is so much about why we love sports. Like we love to watch the guys compete. The you know the athletes doing what they can do at the highest level. But you also know what kind of personalities these guys have. You know how aggressive they are. You know how competitive they are. You know, I, I think the microphone should be around more. I get why they're not. Uh, but it was nice to that. That was honestly probably my favorite part about the whole thing, just hearing how they interact with each other and, and talk trash against each other. All right, Rick, it's time for your favorite game. We call it Will It Suck? <laughs> it's time for... Will it suck? It's time for Will It Suck? It's time for Will It Suck? Apple Vision Pro Glasses. 
You guys seen these? The new reality oh, yeah. glasses. You oh, put I them feel on, strongly about this. You, you put yeah. them on your face, and then you're in virtual reality. I feel like we've been – the first time I saw this was on – remember that movie The Net with yeah. – uh, what's her face? Your girl. Sandra yeah, Bullock. Sandra Sandy. Bullock. And then Disclosure with Michael Douglas and Demi Moore in the mid-90s. Like, we've been – we've had these – Vision glasses, these virtual reality glasses, and they always suck. Yeah. They're never good. It's just like watching screens really close to your eyes. Is this the turning point? Do the folks at Apple finally make it cool? Rick? Yes. Yeah, I, I say, uh, will it suck for the person using it? No, I think it's the coolest technology we have. Will it suck for everybody else? Yeah. Absolutely. You've seen these guys on the streets in the subways, in cars, that's going to be what's annoying about it, 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 the public use. But if you are actually using it, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with Rick Russ. I think it'd probably be pretty cool. I don't know how much more disconnected we need to get as a society from the real world, but that's the other part of it. I mean, but I'll never know because I'm not going to be able to afford $3,000 for a set of those goggles. Is that how much they are? Uh, no, they're thirty five hundred plus tax. Oh, sorry, thirty five hundred. <laughs> we are getting closer and closer to being naked the in the pot of goo with, in the matrix with the <laughs> yeah be, our energy, brain energy being siphoned off as battery energy for the machines. Crest, will it suck? Man, I, I watched a couple of the uh, in house videos for this. I just don't get it. It's it's a computer that you use your hands. It's a touch screen. Yes, it's gonna suck. They keep it's telling us these oh these glasses. It's like you're on a roller coaster. Oh, you can mm. uh, you can go on a date with your favorite uh, you know Movie female star. celebrity. Yeah, it, it's like and it's never cool. It's never fun. We you, you get it. You put it on. You're all excited. And then like two minutes into it you're like okay you take them off and you never do it again you you don't want to you know why because it sucks sorry rick i think that's a terrible take i think you just completely <laughs> got the whole point of it wrong the, the whole point of it is not to be on a virtually reality date with jennifer lawrence or whoever you want it to be the point is to watch 12 different sports games at the same time on your couch can you imagine that thing in March Madness territory? You yeah, can have because your entire house covered by ESPN games. Dude, we did that. We can do that, right? Me and you did that like three weeks ago. You numb? Oh, that is true. You, no. I mean, we had like what, how many TVs did we have up, Rick? We had quite a few. Five. Quite a few. It was five TVs, Rick. We had every game that was on. We don't need these goggles, Rick. Yes, it will suck. Rick, uh, sorry to shoot your. I got outvoted. Optimism down so forcefully this Love you, afternoon. Rick. Anything else on your mind before we let you run and get on with the rest of your day? Um, no, not particularly. Just a, a quick reminder that tomorrow is a very important day in the circuit courts uh, for Tennessee and Virginia versus the NCAA. In case you want to go find out why that is a very important day, uh, you can go and read over about it at RockyTopInsider.com. But uh, it, it, the NCAA story just still baffles me. I mean, it, this is it seems like today is going to be the first day since last Tuesday when the original report and statement from Donnie Plowman happened that we haven't gotten 
some sort of advancement in the story. So uh, what is that? I mean, six straight days, that's pretty impressive for this thing to go. So it's going to be back tomorrow. We'll see what happens. But I still can't even believe where this thing is going. But otherwise, uh, I think the Niners are going to win the Super Bowl. uh, And I think the halftime show is going to be pretty good. So maybe that. All right. There you have it, Rick. We appreciate it, my friend. We'll catch up again soon. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. Hey, by the way, big congratulations to my friend Houston Cress over there on uh, getting married. But, hey, y'all have a wonderful rest of your day, and we'll catch up down the road soon. See you, little buddy. Thanks, Rick. Rick whoa, Butler. Whoa. whoa. <laughs> yeah, like that. What, what are you? Is He's Gilligan, and you're, you're the skipper? He's skipper. My, he's my buddy. My little buddy. You're, I'm, you like, three times Jamie bigger than him. You're on a three-hour tour on the Minnow? We oh, might yeah. be. Might be. Rick underscore Butler on the X machine. No K. He has, he mentions um, the article at RockyTopInsider.com about the latest with the Tennessee NCAA probe. We will update you on that when we continue. Right after this, more Fan Run Radio coming up. The Drive. Back here on The Drive, it's Fan Run Radio. Rick Butler, Rocky Top Insider Beer, what did you learn? He doesn't. He carries a lot of stuff, a lot of emotional baggage from when he was on with us. <laughs> the whole Reese's candy bar thing. I'd forgotten all about that. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. Not a bit. The, the irrelevant things you, you remember, the big things you don't, what big thing have I not remembered? I, I don't know, but I, I know that I forget things all the time, too. If only we could somehow fill in the pieces to where everybody has some specific area of knowledge covered so that we d- never forget anything here on the drive. That's a, really, like, Tucker's most endearing attribute to me is, like, he knows all the stuff that like, like we're, sports Google. we're supposed to know. Yeah. And uh, I, we could just kind of look at him and like he'd be like, "Oh yeah, the game starts at seven. Oh yeah, that was the game in nineteen eighteen or uh, uh, twenty eighteen where we, you know, did this thing and then that happened and we played so and so next week and all." It's like, yeah, yeah thank but you. not everybody can remember the stuff we remember: grudges, obscure <laughs> British music trivia. The state of Tennessee and Commonwealth of Virginia's antitrust lawsuit against the NCAA meets a critical moment tomorrow when a circuit court's judge will decide on Tennessee and Virginia's request for a temporary restraining order that would keep the NCAA from enforcing its NIL-related rules until a federal judge hears arguments from each side on February 13th. Why is this important, Bear? I'm going to ask you to be our amateur lawyer. All right. What what about those eight days that a temporary restraining order would buy us why, why is that helpful? From everything that I was reading yesterday between Tom Mars and uh, Dan Lust, who we had on on Friday, um, go back in the podcast. If you didn't get a chance to hear it and listen to it, it was pretty – he kind of cleared a lot of stuff up. Um, basically, like, if we're granted the temporary restraining order, the way I read it was was that that's like a major league blow to the NCAA. Like that is it just a that's almost a game sign, over for them. Is it just a tea leaf that the other hearing on the thirteenth 
Like that's the bigger one, right? What are we? Mm. we, we the, tomorrow's the TRO. What? Is, what is the one on the thirteenth? Like what are they deciding? The thirteenth the is the actual lawsuit. Yeah. Tomorrow, tomorrow is to temporarily restrain them from doing anything, acting on any kind of investigation, handing down any kind of punishment. This happened with the anytime transfer rule. It happened during the season, and nobody took a whole – I mean, we, they did, but it wasn't that big of a deal. Um, in the grand, You know, we were in season was part of it. Um, but when they did that, that effectively ended – the NCAA can't regulate the transfer portal right now. So tomorrow would be the temporary restraining order, the 13th, which is a week from tomorrow, I believe. Yes, would be mm-hmm. the uh, the, the j- injunction. The what's well, the first day of the? That's the first day of. of to, well, the, that's the, the first. It's the day before the lawsuit. It, is the 13th. okay? Yeah, it, but that would basically kick the can down the road and basically say, "All right, we're going to go to court and have an actual thing and you know war it all out." But that could be a year or so later, and it, the uh, the injunction at that point would. Basically, it's the same thing. It's like, you, you can't go forward with this investigation until we settle this dispute. They set tomorrow because tomorrow gets us through signing day. So anybody that we want to add new, tomorrow's hold, if they pass it, allows us to continue to recruit with the same NIL uh, procedures well, no, that we've been using. No, I mean, that's not going to change no matter what happens tomorrow. That's what the lawsuit's about. Tennessee's not going to die, but I mean, well, if if they're able to put a hold on it, then yeah, that's why that's why we're trying to get the stay. No, that's not why we're trying to get that TRO. That's nothing to do with signing day. I mean, it's all through the lawsuit. I read it. They're really worried about national that, signing day. And well, we're we're not signing anybody on signing day, but we're we're u- we're using that to say, look, correct. If we were like, this could impact that individual's ability. To fairly negotiate yes. their best possible contract between five different schools, right? Yeah. The way the way I read it yesterday, the TRO is is goes directly to, um, what's it called? Post the the post facto part of it. The fact the NCAA is reaching back two years and is is bundling stuff and but that they're going back two years, and I think this is what's going to really get them when there weren't any. Like rules, and I, I think the Tennessee lawyers referred to them as what overlapping Byzantine. I, this has gone exactly the way I wanted it to. Just just the level of amateurish uh, legal analysis that we have been spewing for the past three minutes. I mean, there there are lawyers driving around like right now, just laughing at the absolute nonsense the idiots in this room hmm. are putting out into the East Tennessee airways. That That is exactly how I hoped that segment would go. I did see the word Byzantine in the report. <laughs> Byzantine. Byzantine. <You> smooth brain. That's <laughs> good. It's good. Well, I uh, mean, all I did, I'm, I'm just parroting back to you what Tom Mars and and uh, Dan Lust and Trey Wallace. We, you're parroting it, but it's kind of a drunken parrot that like fell off its perch and hit its head right, on the side right, of the cage. All right, all right, all right, just kind of like squawk, squawk. Like that's the that's the that's the kind of parroting mm-hmm. we're getting. But that's again exactly what our audience has come to know and expect from this program. Suffice it to say, it feels like 
Tennessee feels good about its position going into tomorrow and going into next week. And I do think that there is a element of look by the if if we can get this to this to to go to court and go to trial that Nico Iamaliava could be in the NFL by the time yeah. it's decided, and it's kind of like what Michigan is going through right now. Or yeah, the NCAA is investigating the depths of their depravity and cheating under Jim Harbaugh, but Jim Harbaugh ain't there anymore. And if they come back here in a year or so and say, well, you got to give back your national championship from the 2023 college football season, we all know who won that championship. And I don't think Michigan fans are going to lose a wink of sleep over any penalties the NCAA might or might not levy two, three, four years down the road. Uh, by, by the time this thing is settled – if Nico's in the NFL and they want to strike a playoff appearance or whatever happens next season from the the record, that's fine mm. because we'll be hopefully fighting for the playoffs with King George by that point. Well, nobody's nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Once they play the games, but the only other thing that I, I did see um, that Tom Mars uh, Tom Mars tweeted out. Basically, if they don't grant the TRO tomorrow, it's not nearly as bad for Tennessee, the Tennessee-Virginia lawsuit as if they do grant a temporary restraining order is for the NCAA. Coming up, hour number two of the program begins with young Tucker Harlan's top four at four. The basketball falls in the polls. New polls are out. We will check the status of said polls. Plus... It is Super Bowl week. A couple of alls going at it. We got some Tennessee baseball news. Lots to get to here this afternoon. We have to select our North Knox Shining and Windows High School Basketball Player of the Week. So stay tuned. Plenty more Fan Run Radio coming up right after this. The Drive. Are you tired?